Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Junks are presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Don't forget, later this hour, Joe Beninati will join us. We'll talk Caps Devils with him. Caps trying to get that last wild card spot. But right now, we're joined on the BetQL guest hotline by Barry's Verluga, Washington Post sports columnist. Barry, good morning to you. I hope you guys are doing well. Barry. We are doing well. How was your Prez Day weekend? A little skiing, a uh, little sports watching. Um, pretty good, all in all. How about you guys? It was yeah, solid. Not, Didn't do either of those what, things. Wasn't so. shushing down the slopes like one berries Verluga. Yeah. Whitetail. Uh, my daughter's on the ski team up there, so Ooh. a lot of time on 270 over the winter months. Oh, cool. Baron, are you... Uh, are you like a thrill seeker skier, or are you more like a beginner intermediate slope guy? I'm a uh, lifelong skier, non thrill seeker. Ski like I'm in my fifties, and I'm a ski dad guy. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. smart. Makes sense. Right. Very good. S- save those knees and legs and mm-hmm. back and head. Hey, uh, exactly. <laughs> we were talking about the Nats earlier in the show. Um, we got a lot of stuff we we want to get into, but we were talking about the Nats, and obviously. Um, Mark Lerner said they are this team is not for sale anymore. He obviously didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get what offer he wanted. Now that could change over the next couple of years. But we threw it out to to fans, and most fans are unhappy about it because they know that the learners currently aren't going to go out there and spend the money that you know the Philadelphia Phillies are going to spend, that the Mets are going to spend, that the Braves are going to spend and become better. They're kind of relying on all of these prospects. So we, I think we, what was the poll we threw out there? 85%? Good or, news or bad news? I think it's right around 86% say bad news. Yeah, but there still are about 15% that said it's, say it's good news. Now, I'm guessing a lot of that is because just loyalty based on bringing a world uh, championship here. But um, your thoughts on Lerner saying that it's off the market? Well, I mean, it all is about what do they do now? I mean, do they continue to run it like the Pittsburgh Pirates, or do they do what they did when they won a championship and, and spend $210 million on Max Scherzer and go buy Jason Worth and, and build, you know, have your young core that at the time was Ryan Zimmerman and Ian Desmond and Steven Strasburg and Jordan Zimmerman, um, you know, and then build pieces around it. If they do that, then there's no reason it has to be bad news. The the reason that there's uncertainty about that is because, um, you know, our beat writer asked Mark Lerner yesterday in West Palm what the deal was, but he was not allowed to to answer follow or ask follow-ups like, you know, how, what's your commitment um, to payroll at the major league level? What's your commitment to, um, spending on player development, um, spending on international uh, signings. So I think it's a giant TBD. I do think it takes them 
out of the limbo that going into another season with the for sale sign presumably up would have would have been like now the pressure is on the learners we know who the target is in terms of um asking them what their commitment will be and and you know forcing them into action not this off season because the core isn't ready yet but i do think next off season if their biggest signing is Joey Gallo, um, there are going to be really some some questions about what their hope and, and the desires for this franchise really is. You know, that's a good point. I mean, what if they, you know, Rizzo went to him and said, look, these core kids, you know, we're going to give them one more year in the minors, and then they're going to be ready to be on the opening day roster next year. And then Mark says, okay, I'll go out and buy a couple players to um, to, to throw into that lineup or a pitcher or whatever. I mean, that's a possibility. Who knows? It's totally a possibility. And I, I know for a fact that most of the people in the um, baseball operations department didn't believe that this year was the year to go spend, that you would have been, um, you know, there's really not uh, a point in improving from 71 to 75 wins. You're going to get the Corbin contract off the books after this year. You're a year closer to getting the Strasburg contract off the books, you should have plenty of financial flexibility. And I'm, I'm all about criticizing the learners. I have no problem doing that, but you have to remember that um, when they did have that run from 2012 to 2019, when they won four division titles, made a wild card and won a world series, um, there's more years in there than not that they were top 10 in payroll. So um, they skimp on a lot of things. But when the time was right, they were convinced that um, spending money on players and, and free agents, including Worth and Scherzer, but also smaller deals like Daniel Murphy and and the guys that eventually won the championship, Howie Kendrick and people like that. So um, I don't think we know exactly what this means. I think we know now who we look to to put you know blame or praise on because they're saying they're not selling it anymore. I will say that there are some pretty big-name unsigned guys right now, like the Blake Snells of the world, Matt Chapman. Um, and I'm not Cody s- Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. I mean, if you went out and got Blake Snell, I understand that the learners don't want to spend a bunch of money on him. I don't even know what his price tag would be, probably similar to what you know Sonny Gray's was. But So 75 to $100 million, But that would be pretty nice if you go, went out, spent the money on – a, a proven guy, all right, and put him with JoJo Gray and Mackenzie Gore. Now, obviously, he's not going to be going to the playoffs this year, but next year when some of those prospects come up, man, now you've got three really good pitchers to, um, plus what you got coming up, you know, the Kate Cavallis. I think, you know, I'm, I know they're not going to do it, but there's still some guys out there that you can pluck probably for cheap because they're unsigned and, you know, they obviously they're asking for too much, but maybe you can negotiate. That's that's the question. I think is if, if you can get a, a deal there, yeah. sure, absolutely. And and I think Jason, you would want um, the term, the length of of the deal to at least be into. It doesn't have to be seven years. In fact, shouldn't be seven years. Uh-huh. Um, but it, but it would you would want it to be a bridge um, to the years when you're going to be competitive, whether that's 2025 or maybe 2026, because this this team does need some sort of North star in the clubhouse, which I think is lacking right now. Patrick Corbin is obviously the longest tenured player and um, 
you know, in a way most accomplished, but he's, he doesn't have the personality and he hasn't had the performance to be an absolute tone setter. And, you know, this is how we do things. This is how we work. That was one of the reasons that Worth was brought in um, to be a veteran presence uh, from a team that had won a championship. Like that, I think kind of matters because um, the guys who are the core of the rebuild that have already been in the clubhouse now in Cabert Ruiz and jo- Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, um, they are saying that Ruiz is, is that guy, that leader guy, the tone setter. I- I'm not 100% sure I'm all in on that. I don't think he's found himself enough um, to, to be that guy yet. So they're going to need people like that. And if you could get somebody on the cheap, like you say, um, I wouldn't have a problem uh, with it at all if it's a three- or four-year deal and it's a guy who's going to carry you into that those years that you're going to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't give him seven years, $175 million like the like the um, like Aaron Nola got. But, man, if you could get it four years for $80 million or $90 million, I, I think it would be a good, it would be a good uh, investment. But that's just, that's just me. Barry, what's the, uh, what's the latest, if anything, on the Strasburg standoff, I guess we'll call it? He hasn't retired. He's still on the books, obviously. I know the team wanted him to be present for spring training. It doesn't sound like he wants to do that. Like, is there any movement there? Is there any news there on Strasburg? You know, if there is, I don't have it, Cakes. I mean, um, I'll, I'm going down there uh, late this week for uh, five days or so, um, and obviously we'll be asking about it. It really, I mean, it stuck, uh, struck out, I'm sorry, stuck out to me that Mike Rizzo in his, you know, camp opening remarks to reporters said, you know, we expect to see Steven um, later in spring training. I don't know if that's been communicated by Strasburg to the Nets that, yeah, I'll come down there and help with pitchers for a little bit and at least be around and be a sounding board. He was, I mean, very quietly, um, you know, in his later years, I saw him many times talking in the clubhouse to, to younger pitchers, um, he was there to take questions. He's not an assertive guy, as we know. He's not outgoing in any way. In fact, he's quite the opposite. So I can see why they would think um, there's value in that. And I also would note that that expectation um, or that onus that they want to put on Strasburg to, to go down to, to spring training is really more about Mark Lerner and, and Scott Boris, the agent, having a, a beef about all of this stuff. Um, that they couldn't get a retirement um, kind of ceremony scheduled. I, I still don't quite have all the details on why that collapsed um, and whether it had anything to do with Major League Baseball not wanting to retire a player who still was on an existing contract. But it's certainly worth p- poking around, but only in kind of a curiosity way because there's you know any questions about is this guy going to pitch again? He's not going to pitch again. Like he his body is broken. Um, he needs to go about trying to have it so he can have a good life, not throw a fastball at 97, um, you know, on the on the paint. Yeah. Talking to Barry's Verluga, columnist for the Washington Post. Now, I know you didn't contribute to this article, but the Washington Post had a lengthy feature article about Ted Leonsis, D.C., Alexandria, Yunkin, Bowser. One of the things that jumps out is, according to... Leonsis, I guess, I guess it's according to Leonsis, could be also from Bowser. He claims he would have accepted DC's offer had it come to him earlier. How much do you buy that? Is that just spin? Because in the article it says, 
you know, there were emails back and forth, and eventually Bowser says, all right, we'll give you $500 million out of the $800 million needed to renovate uh, and, and redo everything in the arena. And But he had already set up the meeting with Yunkin or the conference. Well, I mean, he had already – that was on – I might have my days of the week slightly mixed up, but I believe those last emails were on a Sunday night, and the press conference to announce the, the move – um, to Virginia was on Wednesday. Like Correct. that was very, very, very late in the game. And I will say, and I'm not on Ted's side in, in any of this. Um, I, you know, very badly want the, the teams to stay downtown for reasons I'm sure we've discussed before, but it, it, Bowser looks late to the game and not only mm-hmm. looks late to it. She was late to it. Um, I had been told months ago by people in this district government who were concerned that, her obsession with having her legacy be the mayor that brought football back to the district was in danger of um, not paying enough attention to what was needed at Capital One Arena for for Ted's teams. And it was almost natural that his um, eye would wander. And now I think the problem is, so I can believe that he would have taken that deal six months ago, eight months ago. Um, but I think the district was at asleep at the wheel in, mm-hmm. in not knowing. I mean, I knew they were talking to, to Virginia and they had to, you know, they're having um, renderings of this arena and this complex being drawn up like that didn't happen in two days. Like they did not have their ear to the ground on this. And I, I wholly believe it could have been um, prevented if they had more aggressively talked to Ted about what are your needs? How can we how can we help? Um, and, and maybe the ship has sailed now. So is it your, in your gut, do you think it's going to happen? You know, I don't, I just don't think I can pull the trigger either way. I think that, I think now Ted wants it to happen because he sees it as an economic opportunity for him. And he doesn't see it as I'm going to be remembered for abandoning the district, he's really intrigued by the uh, the opportunity to build something from scratch um, rather than making the best out of what he can downtown in the district where he doesn't have as much land. I, I believe all of that. But I also I don't know enough about Virginia politics to know, is the state legislature um, going to buy into um, a, a, an economic development plan that doesn't affect, you know, southwestern Virginia or the Tidewater that really has an impact in a very small area and, and put public money toward that. I, I mean, until the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, I got to believe that's in question. And keep in mind, you know, Ted hasn't signed anything binding that he's going there. So I, I continue to think we're more at the beginning of this process than we are at the end. Hey, Barry, one quick uh question about a former national those quotes from anthony rendon were some eye openers did you know that he was this surly when he was with yeah. the nationals did he like did we see this with him and what was we just your experience like overlooked with him? It because his numbers were were really good and then they've you know they've fallen off obviously with the injuries and what's happened out in la yeah i heard you guys talking about it and uh, yeah it was definitely um an issue here he would you know if he, he knew that if he hit two bombs in a game or, or whatever, made the big play, he was going to have to talk to us after the game. And he made a habit of like putting a chair up in front of his locker with the back <laughs> to the reporters to like create a little ring as if we were going to like crowd his space, which is like, you know, everybody's professional. So that was like a thing he would do. He would also 
he would talk at spring training when he got there. And then I remember one time he closed the, se- the session and said, all right, talk to you guys on um, April 2nd, whenever opening day was. It's like uh-huh. you, I tried to break through that barrier um, a lot, and he's just not here for it. Now, I will also say it doesn't mean he's a bad person to the core. He contributed and was the point player um, for the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy for a lot of his years here. I know he gave – money there um that he didn't want you know public public credit for um he spent a lot of time out there so i think there's there's good in there but there's also just unnecessary unnecessary surliness um so you know couple that with unavailability and poor performance and i think you get kind of the worst case scenario for him out out in la right now yep deadly cocktail right now for anthony rendon barry thanks for the time man we always appreciate it Appreciate it, guys. Have a great week. See you, yep, bye. That's Barry's Verluga, Washington Post sports columnist. Don't forget, coming up at 940, we'll talk Washington Capitals with our pal Joe Beninati right here on the... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up in just about 15 minutes at 940, Joe Beninati will join us. Of course, you know him as the Caps play-by-play voice on Monumental Sports Network. Caps take on the Devils tonight, so we'll talk to Joe B. in advance of that. I know you wanted to give a uh, shout-out, Jason. Yeah, um... Everyone's heard about the uh, house explosion in Sterling on Friday night Mm -hmm. where there was a 500-gallon propane tank leaking uh, somewhere in the house, exploded, um, and a volunteer firefighter, Trevor Brown, was killed. Mm. I didn't know Trevor Brown. He lives in Ashburn, not too far from me, but I got a buddy who lives on his street who I know very well, and he he just wanted me to mention it. Um, It's just a horrible thing. I mean, he's got a wife. He's got three young kids, 10, 8, and 6, and they're all a mess I mean, where's daddy? What happened to daddy? Um, I, I think there's probably a GoFundMe page. I don't know what that is, I don't, but I'm sure if you contact the Loudoun County Fire Department, they'll have some information for you. They're taking donations. Um, and I'm sure, that, like I said, there's there's going to be a GoFundMe because they're going to need help. But it's just a horrible story. I mean, it's just an awful story that that happened. Um, so, you know, 
keep them in your in your thoughts and prayers. And if you do want to donate, just reach out to Loudoun County Sheriff's Department or uh, Fire Department and and ask how to do that. I know that there are some neighbors that are accepting um, gift cards and and cash stuff for and meals for the family. So if you're interested in that, just reach out to them, and I'm sure they can direct you. Yeah, it's so, a horrible story. That's no, horrible. It's um, you know I, I can't even fathom. Um. Hard to make this transition. I know we're going to the entertainment page momentarily, mm-hmm. and I, I only want to spend a minute on this. Yeah. But we spend so much time talking about Tiger Woods every time he makes a return. Oh. And I don't know the percentage, but how often does this type of ending happen now for Tiger Woods' returns? I mean, how many segments do we spend about Sunday Red? It's Tiger Week. And he withdraws because of sickness. But, and I'm, and it just seems like it, it doesn't. Are you sh- surprised by that, Cakes? It was the least surprising thing I saw, right? In the last, and I don't know days. the percentage of times he withdraws, but it it just it's it doesn't seem to end well lately. Val- uh, Valdez, do you know? Do Is I he, know? Or were what? you surprised he withdrew? Um, well, yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have been I'll surprised just, if if he withdrew based on injury. I was. I was worried it about wasn't for, for injury. Yeah, I was worried that he was going to uh, cite like a knee problem or back problem. Right. I'm actually relieved that yeah. he, <laughs> that he's sick. So this is had, good news for yeah, you. Yeah, this is this is great news. <laughs> it's a good spin. <laughs> I'm relieved because I I thought I thought because he mentioned an objective viewpoint here. JP. He mentioned he mentioned his back after the shank on Thursday. Right. So yeah. when I saw so when I saw him getting. Uh, carded from the from the course, I go, oh boy, please don't do this back spasm bit again. <laughs> and then and then when he just had to duty all weekend from the In and Out Burger, mm-hmm. I was relieved. Yeah, and Spieth had Spieth, yeah, Spieth had was, the duty too. But yeah. I guess it's just, look, this is coming from somebody that doesn't follow you know week in and week out the PGA Tour. Uh-huh. I'm like cakes. I'm I'm a casual. I'll watch you know the Masters. That's generous. <laughs> you're not even a casual. For no, PJ I think Tour I'm fan. a casual fan. I play. Well, you're no, you're a casual golfer, but not a PGA Tour fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's a big tournament. But to me, it seems like, and m- maybe it's mostly injuries. This one was sickness. But of course, it's, it's it, mostly injuries. It, it, it seems like fifty percent of the time he enters a tournament, he doesn't finish. Well, he only plays two or three a year now. I mean, right. he's going to hopefully play more than that this year. But yeah, he's withdrawn probably once or twice the last two or three years, all based on injury. Yeah, there yeah. were. Pros I mean, he's had five hundred surgeries. Cakes was searching for that clip. For no, like I'm looking for the seconds. Tiger Woods. You suck. I don't know where it is. I, 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 I scramble. I'm scrambling like but a tiger. It, but it is disappointing when you're kind of looking forward to, to seeing him play. Um, and who knows if he would have made the cut? But looking forward to seeing him play, and then he withdraws. It was just kind of shocking when I first saw that he was he withdrew. I said, "It's the back, <laughs> it or it's the knee, or it's the you know, it's the leg. Something's yeah. something's going on there." But it was sun- Sunday Brown, Sunday Brown, <laughs> <laughs> especially after the shank, which you never see. Wasn't him. there another guy who supposedly had In and Out Burger? And was just destroying the bathroom and had to run to the tea. Hold on, are you guys because... doing a bit about the In and Out? No, no, really no, like... no, no, it's a, it's a real thing. It really it, took down a bunch wasn't of there in, in, in and out, yeah, In and Out Burger catered, uh, uh, catered, catered, yeah, I, catered there. We're on the course, but like it's yeah, pro uh, am, and mm-hmm. then Tiger was eating the burger. Speed That's where Tiger took the... off the pickles. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. They'll, they'll never eat that again. Who's the donk who had to sprint to the tea so I he missed wouldn't miss? I missed that. Miss first tea. You guys didn't Hamburger. see that? I, I didn't. That. I didn't. It was an Asian golfer. I'm not Hamburger. sure his name. And they showed him like running. And he said he was late because he was destroying the bathroom. Hamburger. Look, I got a lot of hate a few years ago when I said 
In and Out Burger was very mad. I was underwhelmed by it. I stand, I stand by that, and we'll continue to stand by that. Uh, yeah, I missed that. Um, oh, here it is. Is it Michael Kim? Sounds right. Or Tom Kim. Tom Kim. Sorry. There you go. Tom Kim. Billy. Tom like Kim it. was scheduled to go off at eleven a.m. Um, and Hamburger. he was in the bathroom, and he had to run to the <laughs> tea to to make it. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been speefed. It, it amuses me. It makes me feel good. Just like in People Magazine, you know, in the beginning, in the front it says they're just like us. Right. <laughs> it, Tiger Woods having diarrhea. Yeah. Yep. It just amuses me. And he's like, his life isn't so great after yeah. all. You know, he's got the same issues as the rest of us. Yeah. I, I was very concerned when the, the ambulance was at the <laughs> yeah. at the grave. You were concerned? Yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> was there a Brandon Lang sighting? Was he carrying a bag for anybody at Riviera Country Club? I think, over Tiger, was, I think Tiger was embarrassed, too, yeah. because he had his head in his hands. Yeah, okay. he did. I, I will say this. That's just a terrible feeling, by the way, when you're out somewhere amongst a bunch of people. Oh. And you're just starting to feel it. You get rumbly and yeah, the tumbly. Sure, you get a wave. You get a big wave, mm-hmm. and I mean, what are you supposed to do? You got to find mean, the closest he, bathroom. If he has a huge wave, he can't continue. No, definitely. Can't. He can't go out there and hit shots. He's got to go to the bathroom quick, or it's going to be all over the tee box. His Sunday red. I'll say this, and I'm not a tiger guy. I'm you not mean a tiger Sunday guy. Sunday red. red? <laughs> I thought it looked better on him than it looked in the artist renderings and everything we saw leading up to the tournament. I think the I logo. It better. I think the logo when it's small looks looks sharp. Right. I think I, you know what? It's going to grow on you, Valdez. It's going to grow on you. Eventually, you're going to relent. You're going to you're going to come in here when I, it, when it hits like the the discount on, rack on Friday. And, on Friday, Tiger was wearing the uh, the outfit that he first wore. At Riv in 1996. Oh, he did? Yes, the same color combination. Mm. <laughs> On Friday, was that the blue? Yes, yeah. the red, white, and blue. Here's the yeah. problem with Sunday red. Yeah. Tiger doesn't get to Sunday very yeah, often. Friday red? <laughs> <laughs> Saturday red might have been. Um, but that's that entails well, Tiger, making the cut. Well, the uh, Riviera, that tournament, the Genesis, Tiger's had a lot of issues with that tournament because that's when he almost died. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And I blame David Spade. That's right. <laughs> I'll always Still blame David Spade. I'll always blame David Why, Spade. Why? Because he allegedly gave him like gummies, and then he—that's like, just what I think. Because he was uh, doing a promo shoot with him. Oh, so you have no concrete evidence whatsoever. Uh, I've no. This is a. <laughs> this is all theory. Yeah. He was doing a shoot with yeah. with Dwayne Wade, David Spade, and I think Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay. Yes, correct. And um, stayed I out think, a little too late. And so I think David Spade and Tiger were on the prowl. No pun intended. <laughs> um. And they stayed out too late, and Tiger woke up in a haze, mm-hmm. in a gummy-fueled haze, right? and was speeding yep. and crashed his Genesis. Yep. Speeding like Jason on the way back yeah. from North Carolina this weekend. I have no, <laughs> I have no details, but that's just what yeah, I But I wasn't happened. under the influence. You were not. I should have known the Tiger topic would last more than a minute. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Why don't, I don't want to derail it. the EP. Jason, I love it. You know what? You dodged a bullet. No EP today, because uh, Joe Beninati is going to join us oh, next to talk about the Washington Capitals. Yeah, well, you so, can move it to tomorrow. So Joe B. will join us next right here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Even though we didn't do the EP, we'll give the sponsor some love. The EP would have been driven by BMW of Fairfax. Electric vehicles are all the rage. And EB's guy, Mike Walker, is doubling down by doubling your EV credit. If the rebate's 7500 that means 15000 bucks in savings. If it's 9900 Mike said to just round up to twenty k More at BMWoffairfax.com. Right now, we are going to go to the BetQL guest hotline. Say hello to our friend Joe Beninati, Capitals play-by-play voice on Monumental Sports Network. Good morning, Joe B. How are you? I'm doing well, KC. How about you and the guys? We are doing well. It's a massive one at Capital One Arena tonight. Joe, I like to grasp that the Caps are going to make that last spot, that last wild card spot in the East. I will not surrender until they are mathematically eliminated, and they have 56 points. The Devils have 60. The Devils have played one more game than them. This is a four-point potential swing game tonight in D.C. It's a, it's a big one. Huge. And especially with, you know, with regard to the schedule, it, it's weird for me to say, even at this point, and, and even two weeks ago, that the Capitals only have seven division games left. This is one of those. And it's one of those swing games against the team that they're battling with with regard to, um, to postseason play. Cakes, I'm not so sure if the best way to the playoffs for the Capitals wouldn't be to get to third in the Metro Division. I, I realize that Philadelphia occupies that spot right now, but I wouldn't be surprised by season's end if both wild cards go to teams out of the Atlantic Division and that there are only three spots available for Metro Division squads. Mm. So to me, the the race is really on for that spot, and there are four Metro teams that are fighting for it, obviously, when you consider the Devs, the Islanders, the Caps, and the Penguins. I just seem to think, like, if it's going to be a postseason for Washington, it may be out of that number three spot in the Metro. Tell us what they did right, particularly in the third period against the Canadians that they could carry over. Pace of play is, is key. I really think, JP, for um, for this team, it's been an inconsistency. There have been times where they look like they can hang uh, with the world beaters of the league. There was a spell there coming back off of the All-Star break where they had a, a murderer's row kind of schedule. Florida, uh, Boston, Colorado, Vancouver. They were very competitive in those games. They shut out the Boston Bruins in one of those games. 
Mm-hmm. That's the style they need to play. It, it's a pace of play kind of thing. It's a conscious effort in the defensive zone kind of thing. And I think what New Jersey brings to the table tonight, speed and depth that's at times elite, I think the Caps will have focus to play that way, quote, the right way. Um, you, you can't be making mistakes and turning the puck over, especially concentrate on, on the game tonight in between the blue lines, guys, because if the Caps are possessing the puck and getting into the offensive zone as cleanly as they can, they're not fueling New Jersey's transition game. If you're making mistakes and the passes aren't good between the blue lines and there are potential turnovers, then you're just you're, you're playing with fire because this Jersey team loves to get up and go on your mistakes. Joe, getting back to the Montreal game for just a second, the Caps welcomed back Sonny Milano after I, I believe it was like a two-month stretch with him sidelined. He pays some immediate dividends, scores a goal in that game, and he's never been a prolific goal scorer in his career. He's got 14, I think, twice in his career so far, but on a team that struggles to find the back of the net, I'm sure that Spencer Carberry isn't you know nitpicking here. He'll take goals from anybody, so... Nice sign to have uh, Sonny back and, and for him to be scoring in his first game back in quite a while. Exactly. We hadn't seen him since uh, mid-December. He took a high hit from Jacob Truba of the Rangers, and uh, it, it's been a while without Sonny. And, and Sonny's the top of the list for Sonny in terms of his attributes is a skill set. He, he's a hands guy. Leo Locker will call him a hands guy. Uh, a guy who has phenomenal abilities with the puck on his stick and can help create, and and you're exactly right. When you're the team that's, I want to say, still the lowest-scoring squad in the Eastern Conference, you'll take any uh, offensive, positive offensive contributions that are that you can muster, and to see him get one in the first game back was, was dynamite. I thought he worked really well with Mike Scarbosa and Max Pacioretty. That line had several quality shifts. You know, JP's talking about what happened in the third period. Those guys really did ramp up, too, and when they had the puck – uh, in the third, they were a threat. So I, I would imagine that that trio stays together tonight and, and hopefully gives the Devils the same kind of trouble. Now the bad news coming out of that Montreal game is Martin Faravari, lower leg injury. He, I believe he was spotted on either crutches or a walking boot leaving the arena. Carbs called it a week-to-week situation with him. Uh, who goes in in his stead tonight and going forward? Because it looks like he's going to be out for a while. Yeah, let's hope it's it's just a couple of weeks and that it's not multiple, multiple weeks after uh, after that type of injury. Marty's had a, a rough season this season. He plays so hard. He's so fast. And the collisions that he creates in and around the goal, behind the goal, on the defensive end, a lot of the times uh, leave your head spinning going, how in the world did he get up out of that one? But this one he didn't come, come, away, with, uh, come away from in good shape. If they're going to be missing him for a while, it, it means – Extra duty and elevation, I think, in role for Rasmus Sandin, for the likes of Alex Alexiev, for Ethan Bear. I think you're going to see those three guys, especially with regard to Sandin. I would think Sandin jumps up to play with Carlson. We're about to get to the to the morning skate today to see if those are the pairings. But to me, Sandin's numbers will climb in terms of time on ice, and it's an open-the-door situation for either uh, Alex Alexiev or Ethan Bear. Since Faravari's a, a left-handed shooter cakes, I think Alexiev has the, the edge there in that uh, he's a lefty, Bear's the righty. It's not that uh, they can't pop Bear in there. Van Riemsdyk's a player who can, who can play on the offside and has shown an ability to do so. And I thought Trevor came back uh, really well from his own um, illness, and, and um, I, I thought he looked the part 
against Montreal was skating extremely well. And when he does that, that helps the Caps get out of their own zone quicker than normal. Joe B., I'm just basing this question off of the numbers I'm looking at here, but has Darcy played a little bit better in February than he did in January? It looks like he has, maybe slightly, yeah. but it looks like he has. Bish, I think that's safe to say, and and he's um, he gets rewarded for that with a solid effort in Montreal. Uh, he, he gets the win there. I know Charlie's been playing extremely well all season. Uh, Lindgren's win losses of late have been going the wrong way, and, and that's I mean, just the whole team had been in a spell now where you've lost 8 of 10, so both Darcy and Charlie are taking losses on the chin. But uh, Kemper's overall performance, I think, has been steadier. Charlie's had the ability to steal a few games and make the incredible saves that, that come at the right times that, that keep you in games. Uh, I thought uh, Kemper's been doing more and more of that. They're going to have to do that. And we've we've addressed this throughout the season that the Caps – are not built to win games 4-3. That's an aberration, I think, with regard to you look at the way they've played this season. They usually win games 3-2-2-1. You get into 4-3-5-4, that's that's not normally where they need to go. So from a goaltending standpoint, I think the guys guys show up at the rink going, all right, let's keep things to under three. And if they keep things under three, the Caps are right there to, to battle with most. Talking to Joe Beninati, voice of the Washington Capitals on the Monumental Sports Network. Tell me about Connor McMichael. Assess his play. He's not a rookie this year. He had played, I don't know, almost 70 games for the Capitals. But for years we kept hearing about him. He's getting more opportunity, right, with Kuzi out. Um, how's he fared? Yeah, a- absolutely. He's getting that, that lift in the in terms of where he's playing in the line combinations, both Kuznetsov and Baxter, you figured those two would be in the lineup. To not have those top two offensive guys, you're leaning heavily upon Dylan Strom, who's performed really, really well, leading mm-hmm. the team in goals, and, and right there with regard to points with Ovechkin. McMichael's role has been elevated, and he went ice cold there for close to six to eight weeks. I'm encouraged that I think He's had more scoring opportunities of late, and with his skill set, they're just bound to go before too long. Uh, I know that we haven't seen the Devils, or at least if, you know the, the games against the Devils this season, Connor's played some of his best hockey. I know he's got a couple of goals against them. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, that trend will continue tonight. Um, he had a game winner against the Devils earlier this season. Um, McMichael, for me, is a player with um, – a really big upside, and I think you're starting to see flashes of it. I know they'd love to see it more consistently. Uh, I know he's been snake bit for a while there. Like I said, ice cold for a while. Both he and Alexei Protus um, were playing incredibly well November, December, not as much so in, in January. And I think for Connor now, he realizes he needs to uh, make an upturn and, and help the team as much as he can down the stretch now where the, where the playoff picture is starting to come, become more clear. Joe B., we've got about three minutes here. Um, for this team to get back in the playoff mix, and I'm probably asking a lot, but they've got to win three in a row because the last time they won three in a row was December 21st. Okay, so they have not been able to put together a streak, and if they're going to climb back into the standings, they've got to win three in a row. I think mean, they're almost like must-wins. I know we, we talked about that the last time. Um, so Jersey tonight and then Tampa on the road on Thursday. I, I think they've got to go on a streak, and I'm not sure they can do it. 
Yeah, the, the players and the coaches, Spencer Carberry talks about stacking wins, and that's what you're referring to. And um, it, it's just a matter of time now, mathematically, if you don't do that, if you're just playing 500 hockey, the odds are where you are in the standings, you're not going to climb, you're not going to elevate. Uh, this team does need to go on a roll, and Bish, you're asking them to do so uh, with perhaps the most daunting month ahead in the schedule in terms of, I know it's from a from a business standpoint of playing every other night they play 15 games in march in 30 days and they have to get hot it has to be almost like a playoff type scheme there you're in the playoffs now for them i think you're you're battling for that and for that position but you're exactly right it's it's way beyond the time for this team to go on a four or five game roll and it would be right about now that it would really serve them well if they could get going like that try to create some distance. There's a there's a pack of teams. Most of them are Metro teams, Devils, Islanders, Caps, and Penguins that are all clustered there between 55 and 60 points. If you get hot at the right time and you're playing the, against teams in the Eastern Conference that you're battling for either for divisional uh, standings or for wild card standings, if you're beating them, if you're winning a game like tonight, then it, it's got that double whammy effect to it, especially if it's not one of those quote-unquote three-point games, guys. If the Caps could beat the Devils in regulation, there's your there's your potential four-point kind of swing. And you put a couple of those back-to-back, then all of a sudden you, try, you start to create some separation. You gain some momentum. But your comment is, is exactly right, Bish. If they are going to get back into this race the way we want them to, they need to go on a stretch where instead of losing 8 of 10, they need to go out there and win 8 of 10. Joe B., looking forward to the call tonight with you and Locker from downtown D.C. Hope the Cats can get those two-slash-four points tonight. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Go get them, boys. Thanks for the time. Yep, that's Joe Beninati, Capitals play-by-play voice right here on Monumental Sports Network. So hopefully the Caps can get that dub. Speaking of dubs, the listeners are going to get one right now because caller number 10 at 800-636-1067, you're going to score two tickets to Luke Bryan's Mind of a Country Boy Tour 2024, Saturday, June 22nd at Jiffy Lube Live. Tickets are on sale right now. For tickets and more event info, go to thefandc.com slash events. Those tickets are courtesy of Live Nation. So call in now and you win. You don't pay for them. That's the best way to do it. Other way, um... I stay in touch with Sacktown Mike a little bit. He was mm-hmm. texting me last night, said he was going to call in for a Daytona preview. I'm mm-hmm. over it. He says it all the time. <laughs> never comes through. The guy who won the Daytona 500, I'd never heard of him before. Neither. But then when I heard him kind of talk about his journey, do you realize he started with iRacing? He was yeah. racing on a simulator. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I you got to start it. somewhere, right? Good I've been, I, guess I put some wagers silly. on it, and I lost. When he was really young. But he finished in the top three last year. No, yeah. He's obviously he's good. good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think really I say did when he was 15. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that was really on yesterday. I was All watching. right, we got to run. We're out of here. B. Mitch and Finley coming up next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. network. 